When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A goal-scoring return. It was inevitable, wasn't it? A great comeback at Manchester United for Jesse Lingard. Oh, man. Ronaldo too, he was all right. A 4-1 win for Manchester United against Newcastle puts the Reds top of the Premier League after four games. Ten points, no defeats so far. It's decent. It's how it should be with this team. It's a good team and there's more to come, more to improve. But this was another great day at Old Trafford, a memorable day. The second within the space of a month. And as you may be able to tell from my strained voice, a loud one too. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast and Series 7, Episode 6. Thank you for listening. We're obviously talking Ronaldo today, of course, but also United in general another good performance from Paul Pogba seven assists in four games so far an outrageous record a wonderful strike from Bruno Fernandes and yes a lovely moment for Jesse Lingard in front of the Stretford end after a lovely move from United a happy camp going into our first Champions League game of the season against young boys of Bern Jack it was I mean we can talk about uh, the game in a, a little more detail in a bit but just fantastic I feel like we have said this a lot and I, I don't know at what point in the season it becomes kind of futile to keep saying it or a bit boring to keep saying it. But what a fantastic day. I think it gets boring at any any point. We should just keep having these fantastic days. I don't think we haven't had enough <laughs> in the last seven or eight years. So I don't think we should um, ever take these for granted or wish that, you know, it gets boring to say it. But I mean, this this is a another level, I think, even from, from the Leeds game. Th- I mean, th- these are the kind of days that remember for the rest of your life. And th- seriously, I mean that football is, for a lot of us is sort of the one constant throughout our lives. And these are the sort of days that you look back on and you remember so clearly for the moment, the way you felt when Ronaldo walked out the tunnel you know, for the stadium, Harry, I'm sure the first time he came out to, to warm up, the first time he kicked the ball. I know there was a, a free kick in, in the warm up that hit the post that uh, got a big cheer from the crowd that I've heard. So, I mean, it's just moments like this, days like this that you genuinely will never forget. And I mean, there are, there are just some people in, in the world, especially in sport that I think like, you use the word inevitable and that's kind of what it is. Like there are just some players that you just think no matter what the occasion, they're, 
their presence, their impact on the game is inevitably going to be felt at some point. <laughs> I mean, has there ever been a more inevitable yeah. footballer than Ronaldo? You know, it, it feels like in every big occasion, every big moment, he will have some part to play in it. And, you know, he even admitted after the game that he was nervous, but he didn't show <laughs> it, did he? No, not at all. It was interesting actually this week because obviously the Ronaldo content kept coming and coming and coming ahead of his, his re-debut, his second coming. Um, and we, when, I mean, after it was announced, we were talking about how like, so before he returned, I did kind of, my opinion of him had obviously changed over time since he left United. And I think he had changed as well. I think he kind of seemed like, well, I said it in the intro to the last episode of the one before, like a waxwork model at Madame Two Swords or something with kind of an engine inside him. But the interview with Wes Brown, I'm not sure if everyone would have seen it, but it's it's good. And and the other interviews that Ronaldo's done this week, he does, he, you do get that kind of likeable um, cheekiness that he had in, in, in the first time at United, these cheeky comments. And it was nice to hear about how he was, how he was nervous. And, and that was a kind of, uh, realizing that, that he's human again, but yeah, inevitable. It just, you do just realize how good he is and God, his movement is amazing to watch. We spoke about this with Cavani, but honestly, watching Ronaldo move against Newcastle from inside the stadium, obviously where you get that privileged point of view where you don't have to follow the ball throughout the game incredible player incredible movement no, I just haven't seen anything like it I mean the, the way that he understands the game the way he understands how to manipulate defenders around him is, it really is incredible to watch I mean if you anyone who hasn't already I'm sure most of our, most of our listeners have watched the, the highlights from the game about eight times at this point we'll go back and, and watch the build up to his second goal because when, normally when a, when a player gets the ball in the sort of my sure guy with space in front of him any player that's ahead of the ball they're immediate reaction to it you know immediately sprint into a position to make a run and you see Sancho do it on the left he makes a good run on the overlap outside of Shaw that actually isn't the case with Ronaldo he he almost looks uninterested for the first sort of 10 yards or so he's jogging very nonchalantly for I said about 10 yards and then it's that it's that change of pace that sudden burst because after about 10 yards of jogging he just bursts into a full sprint and that's as a defender that's so difficult to react to because once the ball gets into the position where Shaw has it, <clears throat> as a defender, you sort of know, right, I'm going to have a runner to track it. Yeah. But because he looks so disinterested, it sort of lulls you into a sense of, I guess, ease that you, you don't really have to track him. And then once he goes with that burst, I mean, it's just impossible. First touch to take it away from, I think it was Lascelles there was, I mean, that first touch to not even break stride I mean, onto his left foot was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, both goals obviously had it's, it's, That burst of acceleration is, the, the burst of acceleration is just outrageous. Yeah. For, I mean, I don't want to say for a 36 year old, for anyone, it's just, I mean, I think that's what makes it inevitable is you, you can't stop that because you you have to kind of stay reasonably still while he stays still because you can't give him too much space. You can't kind of back off and just say, all right, we'll leave him there. We'll, we'll get ready for the burst of acceleration. You, you have to stay on him and then you're, you're on your back foot. You're on your heels. You can't, and it's so hard to defend well, against him. It's just him. so perfect because he knows that if he, yeah. if he starts sprinting as soon as Shaw picks up the ball, he's going to get to the last, to the shoulder of the last defender too soon. And then he's going to be too far away from goal to be able to, you know, have a mm. touch and shoot, or he's going to have to run offside. 
and and it's just that understanding of how how to move, when to move. It's just it's just so good. And as a defender, it's just it's so difficult. Like when you're when you're defending someone, you know is faster than you. It's that, it's honestly not yeah. that difficult. What you do is you get tight to them and you stop them from turning and running at you. You know when they have the ball, it's not that difficult to defend. It becomes difficult though when their movement you away from them and then they're using that pace in their run. That's when it's basically impossible to defend because they already have a, have a run on you. You can't really step up because you, you break your defensive line. It, and it just puts you in such an horrid position as a defender. And, and, you know, Ronaldo, we said this last week that coming back, he is far less complete, but better player than he was when he left in 2009. And I think we yeah. saw every evidence of that. So- you know, he was involved here and there. He was efficient with the, but he isn't particularly involved. But when the moments pop up, he is the one that's always there. But he, he's just so efficient. And actually there was an interesting piece in the, in the athletic where it actually shot, I mean, it's obviously a tiny sample size. He's only played one game, but they compared the, the stats from his last three seasons at United to this one. And he he actually had more of the ball and was more efficient against Newcastle than on average in those seasons. And obviously it's difficult, as as they say in the piece, because it's an average over a season. This is one game, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it was interesting. Um, and yeah, he just, he moves the ball so quickly. It's so good for our tempo. It doesn't need any touches really. It's, it's, it's not normally one touch. It's normally two or three, but two or three very quick ones. Just so efficient and um, it, it rubs off on the players around them. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we saw with Cavani as well last season, that he does the same thing. He's very, very good at, at dropping deep and laying the ball off to the midfielders or the wingers around him and getting us moving quicker. And when I mean, we said it then that it, help, it helps our tempo, it helps us build attacks much quicker than it does with any of our other striker options. And, you know, now in Ronaldo, it's sort of different to Cavani, but in some ways has very similar traits in the way that they are very efficient and quick on the ball. Their movement is very good. They create space so well. And, you know, it's it's lovely now to to know that we have both of those options up front at any one time. And I mean, the both both goals obviously came from a bit of a mistake from the goalkeeper, but the the awareness, the intelligence to be in those positions in the first place. Like, you know, the first goal yeah. is obviously a tap in, but you know, Ronaldo is the only person out of about not, seven or eight people in the penalty area yeah, that's exactly. gambling on. No that. one else in the United team scoring that goal. No, no way. And the same thing with the second goal, you know, he gets a good ball, but he has a lot to do in that position. That first touch is sublime. I mean, it, it is just exciting, isn't it? Like, I know, I know you can listen to this and we we always, I think, Harry, try to not get caught up in the moment and look at the bigger picture. But to be honest, what's the point at the moment? Like, these are just days you should just enjoy for what they are. You know, just get giddy and get sort of childishly excited yeah. about this team, this season, Ronaldo, Solskjaer, you know, everyone. Because this is, these are just so exciting times to be a United fan. And, and to be honest, we deserve this without meaning to, you know, have a bit of a pity party over here. Like we've been through some shit times in the last seven years and, you know, we, we deserve this. Yeah, I think there was a lot of people, I mean, the, the naysayers talking about whether United would have won that game without Ronaldo anyway. And the truth is, probably, but I think it's it's probably more of a possibly than a probably because those two goals aren't getting scored by anyone else. That first touch that you talk about for the second, at first, as we said for the first one, no one else is scoring that, no one else is in that position. For the second, that chance isn't a, a very good one until the first touch with the outside of the boot yeah. puts the ball into kind of the perfect, it's a good pass from short, but unless you control that perfectly, you're then, you've, you've then got to beat the defender and the keeper. But the first touch is so good that Ronaldo just has to beat the keeper. He doesn't have to try curl it around the defender as well. 
Um, Pretty much every other player in our squad in that position would have to take that ball inside. And like you yeah, try and exactly. curl it around the, the defender into the far post, which is a much more difficult chance. Except maybe Mason Greenwood, potentially. He's, he's good at that. Um, I thought it was interesting the first half, a lot of crosses into Ronaldo, 11 first half crosses, only five in the second. There was a bit of a change and I think we obviously played better in the second half. I think United, we obviously we can try to aim for him in the box and that's brilliant, but I think United will be better when he drops deep and then makes those late runs still. But when he drops deep and, and gets involved with play and plays into the, the, the quick wingers to the, to the left and right of him, which we did in the second half, um, other players who stood out, Jaden Sancho, I thought would look really good in the first half. Yeah, I thought he was massively better than against. You know, the end, the end product was still yeah. lacking a bit, but I know he. You know, I saw some negativity about him on Twitter and in the media after the game. But to be honest, I don't think he was particularly bad. Like I say, he didn't have a huge impact in terms of creating chances, but I thought he looked actually pretty good on the ball. Him and Shaw had some nice combinations, even with Ronaldo down the left as well. He looked much more comfortable, much more at home. I think it's just going to take him time. He looks, he just looks like he wants too much time on the ball sometimes. And I think he, you know, he needs to sort of get used to the Premier League. It is a very, very different experience to playing in the Bundesliga. And actually, I I was talking to some people on Twitter about this, that I actually think Sancho is one of the people who Ronaldo's return will help a lot because suddenly the spotlight is not on Sancho really anymore and can have that time to sort of bed in. And once Rashford comes back, he he won't have to start every game. And I I know for such an expensive signing, that might seem a weird thing to say, but the pressure will be lifted even further once Rashford returns. He can rotate in and out and hopefully build some form. But I, I thought there were some real positive signs there from Sancho, even if it didn't show up on the stats. Yeah. I think, well, I think we said in the season preview, we thought he'd take a few months. And I think it's partly just, we need a lot of games so that he can rotate in and out with Greenwood and, and so that he can play on the right as well, as well as the left where he's been playing at the moment. Um, and obviously Rashford coming back will help that as well. And I also think in, in general as well, cre- creative wing, you know, Sancho isn't really a, a goal scoring winger. You know, he's not that sort of modern winger like a Salah or even a Rashford to some degree where, you know, they're, they're looking to score goals more so than be sort of a creative force. Sancho is primarily a creative player playing out wide and, and they are, it is difficult for, for players to come in and hit the ground running when they aren't yeah. a goal scoring winger because being creative necessarily means that you don't just rely on yourself. You rely on that relationship, that knowing how to play with other people around you. And, and that is a difficult thing. It takes time. Yeah. I do think Ronaldo will help not because it's someone for Sancho to aim at, although that is somewhat true. But I think the way Ronaldo plays so quickly on the ball, Sancho kind of needs a lot of his his best runs and best moments in the Bundesliga was where he picked up the ball and kind of had someone to bounce it off against, which he hasn't really had at United. And he had a little bit with with, uh, Ronaldo, a little bit with Shaw, but you could do with more players like that that you can kind of just bounce it off. and then get into the space because he, he does need space to play as every footballer does. Um, but yeah, I think positive signs. I think once once we really start to get into that really heavy run of the games, which we are starting to, young boys on Tuesday and then West Ham, West Ham, uh, Villa, Villarreal, Everton. It's a lot of games, um, four home games in a row as well. I think we'll start to see him, him pick up a little bit more. Um, strongest team sheet of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer era, probably, and possibly the strongest team sheet since Ferguson left and, and beyond that, uh, one of our patrons, Marek, asks, would you feel that the team was the complete team? What is the first starting eleven from now on? Um, but yeah, the strongest team sheet for many, many years, wasn't it? 
yeah, without a doubt, the the strongest team we've put out in yeah a very very long time. I mean, we talked in the last episode. We went through this team versus the 2019. That on paper, it's not that far off for the starting eleven. And I mean, you go through the the pitch and with 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 Pogba playing in a deeper role in midfield, we have world class players in every single part of the pitch. You know, Varane, and to be honest, at the moment, Luke Shaw as well in defence. Pogba in midfield, then you know, Fernandez, Ronaldo. You know these are quality, quality players, and it, I mean it's just lovely seeing that on the team sheet. There was a tweet going around before the game, the comparison between this lineup and the team that Solskjaer put out in his first game against Newcastle back yeah. in 2019, <laughs> and I mean just the difference that game we had. Ashley Young, Twanzebe, Darlow starting. You know, it's just. It's I think a, we forget that we forget that Andreas Pereira was. Yeah. United's kind of first choice attacking midfielder for half a season. Yeah. I know it, when you actually think about where this squad yeah. has gone in two years, it, like I, I just feel, I honestly feel so much pride in the job that Solskjaer has done on the pitch. We've been critical, and I think you know there is still some way to and go. But when you actually look at it from the bigger picture of ha- where he's taken this team in two and a half years, it is honestly incredible. Yeah, and Dan James is probably the best example of that. Someone who came in, we really loved, played really well, yeah. but can now be sold. That is. That's that's the yeah. progress. That's the difference. In in past years, we would have kept in for I mean, years in and years. Of, in terms of in terms of the starting eleven, I'd say that this is probably pretty close to it. I would imagine that Fred and McTominay play together relatively often, especially when we play teams that won't sit yeah. back as deep as Newcastle. I think that the area where there'll be the most rotation will be out wide because if. if Pogba isn't playing deep in midfield and once Rashford comes back from injury you've then got four very good options to play out wide in Pogba and Rashford and then Sancho and Greenwood and then obviously yeah. Ronaldo think- and Cavani will probably I would imagine Ronaldo will get the majority of games but I don't think he'll play every single week Yeah I think literally our strongest 11 is De Gea the back four that played and then Fred McTominay Pogba on the left Sancho on the right, Fernandez behind Ronaldo. And I only don't say Rashford because I think Rashford, when he comes back, is just, if, if he can find the form that he did in the first half of last season, incredible player. And I can't wait to see him a refreshed Marcus Rashford because he's such an exciting player when he's at his best. Um, but I only put Sancho ahead of Rashford because Sancho can play on the right and Rashford really is much better from the left than he is from the right. And Pop is just outrageously good there at the moment. And I, you could put Pogba deep in midfield, but I just think he's so good on the left and it worked against Newcastle. I don't think it's it works against most opposition. I mean, it's probably going to be a bit of a horses for courses situation that I think Pogba out wide on the left maybe isn't so suited against uh, the bigger teams because I think Rashford is better on the counter-attack and probably does a better job defensively than Pogba too. But then when you play sort of deeper blocks, you know, Rashford, like I said, he's more of a goal-scoring winger than a creative winger. And so we don't really need, we don't need Rashford's skill set quite as much when we play deep blocks, whereas Pogba is a much more, yeah. I think, important part of this team when we are playing against teams that are going to sit deep. But I think regardless of exactly what the first choice 11 is going to be, it, we have options, you know, and that's a brilliant position to be in. And there are options that all present sort of different challenges for an opposition as well, which means both from game to game, but also within games, the kind of subs that we make, we have players that can genuinely change the game. They're not just sort of bringing on the same player. You know, you look a couple of years ago when our front three might have been, or at least two of the front three would have been Rashford and Martial when they're doing pretty similar jobs a lot of the time. And so there just wasn't that option to change the game. But now you look at Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, 
Pogba, they're all very, very different from each other when they play out wide, which is, you know, a, a, an embarrassment of riches, really, because they all do different things. They all present a different challenge. It just gives us so many options. The depth else, elsewhere, as we've mentioned before, is obviously lacking. But as long as Touchwood, as long as we don't get any injuries in midfield, I think we have enough to compensate for our, our lack of quality in midfield elsewhere. Yeah, I think so. I think there was the, it was a great result against Newcastle, but things weren't as good as they could have been. I don't think the, I don't think Solskjaer will come away thinking that was a brilliant performance. I think it was a good win and and a scoreline kind of flatters yeah. United a little bit. And and that, that's that's what Ronaldo does. The goal the goal right before half time changed yeah. the way we feel about that game massively because I was I was going in to half time thinking, oh no, Ronaldo's coming, but nothing's changed. Yeah. I also think that that is kind of what Ronaldo does with tap-ins and kind of finishes, which are just brilliant, is when United are playing badly, it can, it, well, it hides our faults. And that's, I think that's what we've often said about Solskjaer's United is sometimes we have players that are just so good that when we're playing badly, it hides our faults. And that's, that's the truth of it. Interesting question from another of our patrons, Dave, who says, he asked us a similar question um, last year about new signings. He says, can you rate each signing at this early stage, just off initial feeling? Can you rate each signing out of 10 and the transfer went as a whole? If I go very, I mean, Ronaldo for what it does for the club and, and I mean, the start he's made is a, a 10 out of 10. Just the mood around the club is fantastic. Sancho is a fantastic long-term signing. I, I mean, Sancho is a brilliant signing. He's, I think, based off initial feeling of this season, what he'll give to United, more of a seven or eight, but based on whether I think it was a great sign or not, that's a 10 out of 10. It's a brilliant signing we all wanted. Varane is 10 out of 10 as well. The problem at the transfer wins as a whole, the funny thing is you've got three 10 out of 10 signings and I'd still give it a seven or eight just because we didn't top it up with a midfielder, which meant we still had to play in the Manu Matic against Newcastle. And if you did have that defence midfielder and suddenly you're looking at the United team and thinking, wow, I mean, you're already looking at it and thinking, wow, it's an incredible team, incredible squad and we need to win <laughs> something with it. And I think that's, I think that, I mean, yeah, we need to win something with this team. We do. And that's the test for Solskjaer. But yeah, overall transfer window eight, I think, but really I'm disappointed we didn't get a midfielder. But uh, yeah, the the three signings, I think are all 10 out of 10. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't really think you can find any fault in any of the signings, to be honest. You know, Sancho, as you said, exciting long-term uh, prospect, signed for what in the end wasn't a terrible price. And to be honest, I don't really care about the price anyway. It's not my money that's being spent as long as we get the players in. You know, I think Varane, the pedigree speaks yep. for itself. He's come in and he's been brilliant. That Wolves performance in his, on his debut was unbelievable. He kept us in that game. What do you... Uh- Sorry, just uh, just on Varane. He has. I've I've loved watching him. And actually, I was saying to my brother on the way to Old Trafford. Um, and I guess we should talk about the Old Trafford atmosphere a little bit. But uh, in a second, I, I was saying on the way that I was thinking, I was I was obviously really excited to see Ronaldo and, and the Ronaldo occasion. But in terms of just seeing in a United shirt, I think I was more excited to see Varane just because, like Ronaldo was somehow more believable. Whereas Varane, seeing Varane yeah. in a United shirt at Old Trafford, it, it kind of just, it looked so good. And I was so excited to see this player that I didn't think beyond, I mean, five years ago, maybe I did, but this year I didn't think we'd ever sign Varane. Just completely out of the blue. Um, and so exciting. I think he's been really good. I think we are seeing that he 
he has he has fumbled a couple of things, but he's quick enough to make up for it. And I think that's what we saw with Real Madrid often. I think that's what we're seeing with him. But yeah, good so far. Oh yeah, I I, I think I tweeted this when the the rumors first started coming out that he might be coming to United. That he is a very very good defender, but we're not signing a we're not signing a foolproof defender here. You know, in that Varane does have a mistake in him. He he can be a bit erratic in the way that he plays. I guess is the word that I'd use. And he he definitely isn't. Uh, I guess like a, a Van Dyke to, to kind of use that cliched example at this point where, you know, you just sort of see him always look calm, never make a mistake. That isn't who, who Varane is and isn't what I expected, to be honest. I guess you, you hope that A, the, part, the partnership of him and Maguire will be good enough to sort of cover each other's weaknesses. And also, like you said, Varane sort of has the pace to, to try and make up for them. I mean, so far the signs have been good. There were a few moments against Newcastle where, you know, it looked a bit... Um, sort of dishevelled, I guess, the partnership between Varane and Maguire, but I think that will come with time, hopefully. And he does just seem, to your point about him, seem believable. It's the point we made a couple of weeks ago that as sort of ignorant fat English fans who generally only watch English football, Varane is one of those players that, to me at least, I, I sort of only ever see him in these huge Champions League nights, you know, because I don't watch Real Madrid week in, week out. And when I do see him, it's, you know, this Champions League quarterfinal, Champions League semi-final where he's, you know, keeping out PSG or Man City or Barcelona or Bayern Munich. And so I think it's because, because I've only ever watched Real Madrid in, in those occasions, like you, you almost can't get around in your head that he, he plays in sort of regular games as well. Does that make sense? Like the, the thought of, I said, I think I mentioned last night, the thought of Varane walking out at like yeah. Brentford yeah. is just, it's like alien to me because I'm just so used to seeing him in these big flashy nights. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty surreal to, to see him playing for United. Yeah. And it's a point with this United team is you imagine lining up against this United team in the tunnel. And now, whereas a, a couple of years ago, you'd come to Old Trafford and you look around and think, yeah, we can beat these. And teams did. That's why we lost to Newcastle and West Brom and Stoke and Norwich and Burnley, all at Old Trafford, all these long records, unbeaten records against these smaller sides at Old Trafford for 40, 50 years were all, all wiped off in the last five years or so. But now you come to Old Trafford, he's standing in the tunnel and Cristiano Ronaldo's at the back, Harry Maguire's at the front, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Rafael Varane, Luke Shaw, world-class players are all in the team and you'd look to your left or your right, standing in the tunnel and think, oh, this is going to be tough. Yeah, the fear factor is... You know, we've got to prove it first for a number of weeks, but it is slowly starting to come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Harry, Harry, before we move on, I think yeah. you, you've got to talk about the atmosphere. What was it like? <laughs> um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, brilliant day. Just from from very early on. In fact, not just that Old Trafford, but the whole of Manchester just felt, it just felt taken over by red. So Manchester this weekend, was it was meant to host the cricket as well which is where I should actually be right now at the time of recording. But the the test against India was cancelled at Old Trafford Cricket Ground. Was also hosting Park Life at Heaton Park. So Manchester was already buzzing on Saturday morning, early from about 8.30am, 9am, when I met my brother in town. And yeah, it just had this lively feel to it, but felt like it was kind of half taken over by people going to Park Life festival goers and half by by United fans, by Reds here, here, there and everywhere. And then, yeah, at the pub, at the stadium, just this feeling of excitement, just also because it's only the second game back at home and there's there's still that thing of seeing people you know that you haven't seen for ages and just making conversations in the concourse. Me and my brother spoke to a dad and his kid. His kid was born in summer 2009. 
So he'd never see, he wasn't alive when Ronaldo last played for United, which he said, um, which was incredible. And now well, he's 12 years old and we told him he was, he was very lucky to be watching United at this time, but he has obviously not gone through the childhoods that we had. So I think he probably deserves it after a couple of rough years as a United supporting kid in Manchester. Um, and yeah, the atmosphere, the, the amazing thing was, I mean, the noise, the Viva Ronaldo is such a good chant and the way it just spreads around the stadium. It doesn't, it doesn't even need people to sing it in time together. It just kind of spreads from the Stretford end and all of the ground will be singing it at different speed at different times, but you can just see this kind of chaos all around the stadium. Um, amazing atmosphere. And then, yeah, the section of Stretford end and in both tiers stayed an hour, hour, 15 minutes after the game, just chanting Ronaldo's name, singing bring on Ronaldo until eventually he came out for his media duties. And I've never seen that happen in my life at any football club ever. You That's... can hear a word of what Fernandez and Ronaldo were saying in their interviews after the game. Yeah. Now, like you said, that was about an hour and a half after the final whistle. Yeah, we just stayed and it just kind of felt natural to stay. And well, I mean, the, the consequence is this horrendous voice, but yeah, I just never, never kind of seen that at game before. Just hundreds. I mean, I guess I think there were probably a couple of thousand left half an hour after, maybe a thousand of them left within the next half an hour, but uh, probably a few hundred still left an hour, 15 minutes after when Ronaldo finally left the pitch for the for the final time after his interviews. And yeah, just you do that. The connection with, with the players at the moment is, is fantastic. You can see how much they love having fans back. The Manny Matic had his name sung and just looked like a little kid at Christmas. He was loving it. Um, which was, was, was lovely. Yeah. Incredible atmosphere. Brilliant day all around Manchester. Um, just reds everywhere. <laughs> so fun. It's, it's just, it's honestly brilliant just to even hear and see on TV, like the, the way that Old Trafford is alive at the moment. Like the word electric was thrown around a lot in the yeah. the TV I was watching and, and it, it fits. It did just look electric. It was a feeling that I haven't felt in the TV at all. It reminded me a bit of um, that Champions League game against Real Madrid back in, was it 2012 we played them? 2013. That, that's like 2013. That's like one of the best atmospheres I've ever heard at Old Trafford. I wasn't at the game, but that was one of the best atmospheres that I've ever heard through the TV at Old Trafford and this was up there just yeah. there was so much excitement in the ground yeah I remember going to that that was one of the biggest games I went to as a kid well pro- that was the biggest game I'd been to Old Trafford until and the loudest until probably Leeds I think New- the, the, this game was incredible kind of just joyful atmosphere I think Leeds was but obviously because it was Leeds it was more intense and the first game back it had that real intensity to it and this was this was kind of a celebratory. Leeds was just like this really intense release of emotion after eighteen months. Um, but yeah, Old Trafford really is alive, and and you really get that connection with between fans, managers, and players at the moment. It's a great yeah. feeling. Well, as we keep saying, it's not it's not just the new signings. You know, this team for for the last couple of years has yeah. been and continues to be so likable. You know, every, I, I don't think there's a single player in this team that I look at and, and think I've sort of meh. I, I genuinely feel like I have a connection and yeah. genuinely like almost is, every single player in our squad. It was, that's why it was lovely to see Bruno and, and Jesse score as well. Yeah. Just to, for, for Fernandez to, to get the affection again when kind of the limelight's been stolen by Ronaldo, which he won't mind, but it was nice for him to get that. And for Jesse to score on his return to Old Trafford was brilliant. I, I, I just love watching Jesse Lingard score for United. Love it. 
Um, Two hell of a goals. Yeah, as well. yeah, lovely move for the. For, I mean, the Pogba in in the Lingard goal, nice dummy from Martial and great from Lingard as well. Yeah, there's so much to talk about that we haven't really spoken about that. But yeah, um, before we wrap up, quick note on the women's team: they won three one against Leicester at the weekend, so six points from six so far. Excellent from twenty uh, two year old Ella Toon again, who we spoke about last week with Amy Ruskai. She played for for Great Britain in Tokyo, scored a scream of a goal. Uh, Martha Thomas also scored, new signing from West Ham. And yeah, no game this weekend, but then Chelsea. Uh, for the men's team, young boys on Tuesday night, weird early kickoff. Uh, thought about, me and my brother were, were still trying to think whether we could get there when we were at the Newcastle game, but lots of logistical problems. I think there will be a couple of thousand night fans there who have made a, a hard journey with, with plenty of COVID complications, but great that some fans can go. And then West Ham at the weekend, which could be tough, but no, Mikel Antonio was sent off, obviously being their biggest threat so far. Yeah, two games that, I mean, United should win. It would be, yeah, but <laughs> how how much more can we say about them? Uh, young boys will be interesting to see the starting lineup. We should we should just paste that to every every podcast this this year. When we yeah, do game United should win. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true now because you look at our team and yeah, yeah. I mean, there is there is a new level of expectation around this team, which Solskjaer has been asked about and said and asked about how he's going to handle it, and he's spoken well on it, but. Yeah, United have to win most weeks. That is the truth. Any loss will be even more closely looked at than it was in in the past few seasons. Just before we do wrap up, quick update on the Fantasy League. Been a while since we did one. We're recording before the final game of the game week, before the Monday night game between Leicester and Burnley. But at the time of recording, Madison Latter is top. Amy Lyles and Cameron Achapong make up the top three. I am 22nd at the moment, which is, I think is very respectable. We'll see how long that lasts. I'm joint with David Buttersby. Jack, you're down in 57th, I'm afraid. But 194 players in the league at the moment, so that's not actually too bad. And everything's very close at this early stage of the season. Listen, don't worry. I've still got Calvert-Lewin to come tonight. He's my captain as well. So don't all worry, right. I'll be right up there with He's you. He's a captain. Okay. Yeah. Well, by the time I did, people I could have put all my this. eggs in the Ronaldo basket. I couldn't do it to myself. If it all went yeah. wrong, I just I wouldn't have been able to cope. Yeah, I think I haven't got him in yet. I, I think I'll be waiting a couple of weeks until I until I wild card and then I'll bring him in after he's probably already hit ten goals in four games or something silly like that. Yeah, yeah I did that this week, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't bring myself to captain him too. He's in the team, oh, but right. not captain. This yeah. Week. Yeah, I may regret not bringing him instantly, but it's been an all right week so far. Bruno Fernandes still popping up with a a goal, getting plenty of points. All right, we'll wrap things up there. Uh, we're going to go to our patron Q&A. If you're interested in, in hearing that section at the end of every show, you can find out how to become a patron at our Twitter, at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. For more from Jack throughout the week, his thoughts on the Young Boys game, on the West Ham game on Sunday, you can hear from him on Twitter at at UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And I am at Harry Robinson 64 And yeah, the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. P-O-D at the end. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it or leave us a review on iTunes. But I hope you have a great week. Enjoy the games against Young Boys and West Ham. And we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.